seat, and if you have your Bible, make sure you're, um, make sure you're in 1 Kings 18. We're going to read uh, some more of the scripture and talk about um, Elijah. If you, um, really, really, the flow of this whole thing is we're really talking about Elijah, and we're talking about what does Elijah do when there is no rain, uh, when there is this dryness, when there is this uh, lack of uh, life, right? And what does he do? First, we talked about he repairs the altar. He sets the wood in order. And then really the only thing he does is pray. That's right. He prays. Dad, your mic is still on. It's been on all morning. And uh, I appreciate the amen. But um, Elijah repairs the altar. And we talked about how that's setting our life in order, getting things right in our own life. But really the only thing he does besides that is pray. Um, so we're going to talk about prayer. Now, what we see in this passage and, and really what we see in our world is Christians, we are not the only people who pray. Uh, Muslims are way more devoted to this than we are. <laughs> they have five times every day that they pray. They have a certain direction they have to pray, certain prayers they have to pray. They're highly devoted to prayer. Um, uh, Hindus pray uh, in, a, in a very devoted way. All sorts of other religions pray, Right? There is prayer everywhere, and there's, there's prayer in this passage from the prophets of Baal, um, and, and the prayer really is this, right? It, I, I don't know what your prayers are like, but I think in this, what we see is this. It's this crying out to a God, to something, someone that's in control to, to intervene in our circumstances. It's the, the prophets of Baal pray, and they pray fervently, and they pray uh, with all kinds of passion and zeal, and they're crying out that Baal would give them life. That's what they want. And, and, and Elijah's going to pray a very simple God-centered prayer that God would come and reveal himself. Um, but the, the truth of this is that the prophets of Baal's prayer is not heard, right? I'm not trying to spoil the ending for my dad, but their prayer doesn't get heard. There is no fire that comes down because Baal sent it. It doesn't happen. His prayer, their prayer, 450 people, their prayer is not heard. But Elijah's prayer is heard, right? We, I don't want us to be a people who offers prayer after prayer after prayer, and it's not heard, right? Amen? Right? We, we want our prayer to be heard. We want our prayer and our cry to be answered. Amen? Right? So I want us to look at these two types of prayer, I think, in this passage, and then um, talk about what God-centered prayer would look like for us. So I'm going to read, read the story, uh, part of the story again, uh, just to remind us of where we're at. So let's start in verse 21 of 1 Kings 18, if you're there. <clears throat> and it says, And Elijah came near to all the people, and he said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? I think, Eddie's you said wavering. Is that right? How long will you go but wavering? How long will you falter between two opinions? Mine says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even only I, am left a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. So let two bulls be given to us. Let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. 
and you call upon the name of your God. You pray. You pray to Baal. You call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, Yahweh. You pray, I pray, and the God who answers, the God who hears and answers by fire, he is God. And all the people said, it is well spoken. I don't know what they were thinking. Did they really think Baal could bring down fire? I don't know. Anyway. It says, then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull, prepare it first. You are many and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And so they took the bull that was given them and they prepared it. I don't, what are they thinking in this moment? Do they actually think they can do this? I don't know. And they called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon saying, oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And it says, and they limped around the altar that they had made. They're dancing, they're moving, they're, they're trying anything to provoke Baal to bring fire. And at noon, Elijah mocks them, saying, cry aloud, for he is God. Either he's musing, or he's relieving himself, or he's on a journey, or, or maybe he's asleep and must be awakened. He's talking smack. Verse 28, and they, so they cried aloud, and they cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out on them. That's devotion. Right? They're praying with intense devotion. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of the oblation, which is the evening time. But there was no voice. No one answered, and no one paid attention. So, so the question for the people in this whole passage is, is really verse 21. If you look there, it says, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? How long will you waver between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. Right, that's their choice. That's this, that's this whole setup. We're going to put on a little competition. We're going to see who wins, and we're all going that way. We're going one way or we're going the other. It might, be, it might be Baal. It might be the Lord. No one knows. We'll see what happens on the court, right? And really the question for us is no different today, right? The question for us is no different. It's who will we follow? Who will we follow? Will we follow the Lord? Will we give our lives completely to him? Will we do what he says with obedience? Or will we follow the ways of this world? You see, what, what's interesting, I think, is uh, they, when it says they waver between two opinions, to me, I get this picture of this back and forth, right? Flip-floppers. They were politicians at their best, right? Back and forth. Whatever worked, they went to that side. If it was Baal, they went to that side. If it was God, they went to that side. And they're back and forth. So I want you to understand who this Baal is. Um, anybody know who is Baal? What, what is he? Nothing? Nobody knows? What is it? Not a golden calf, no. I think that was Dagon, but I shouldn't ask this question because I, I, let me just explain. Because <laughs> I don't know who the, I don't know what he looked like. But the, he was a Canaanite god. So Canaan is the land that they're in, right? This is the land that they go and take over. It's the land that Moses delivers them into. They're in Canaan. And what was God's instructions when they went there, right? Kill everybody, right? No, no playing around. Just get rid of them all. Get rid of not just the people, but what, what else? 
their gods, their worship, the things that they uh, valued, the things that they worshiped, their practices. Now, did they do it? No, right? They left. Their disobedience led to their issue in this day. Their disobedience in the past, their forefathers, has led to this issue. So they didn't get rid of Baal. They left this, uh, this worship of this God. And Baal is uh, really, he's the God of rain. Um, there's more, but really, he's the God of rain. And when, that, that doesn't sound, that sounds like, uh, I guess, like American Indian to us, like the God of rain. We're going to do rain dances and we're going to, right? But that, that's kind of the picture here. And what did that, why is it important that he's the God of rain? What does that signify? Somebody. Somebody besides the pastor. What, what, what does it mean for him to be the God of rain? Why is that an important God for them? What is it? It takes rain to make crops, to make food, to make money, to live, Right? So in essence, he's not just the God of rain. He's the God of life. He, he, and so they have this view that Baal controls the rain. He controls whether there is rain or there isn't rain. And thus he controls whether there is crops or there isn't crops. And he controls whether there is food on the table or there's not food on the table. And he controls whether there's money in the bank account or not. So he controls life. So they will do whatever it takes in their mind to please Baal so that they can have life. See, really their prayer is not that off, off. They want life. That's their prayer. That's their heart. And they're seeking after it in Baal because they think if we worship him, then we'll get life. Same thing with us when we pray to the Lord. We want life. We want life in this church. We want life in this town. We want people who are dead to come to life, right? That's what we pray for too. But we're seeking that in the Lord. They're seeking that in Baal, Now, what had happened was this. Because they left the worship of Baal there, it became common. It became normal. It became popular even in this land. And it became kind of another option, right? You can go to the temple on Sundays or Saturdays, worship God there. Monday, you can go worship Baal, whatever it takes to get the job job done, right? And so what they had done was mix these two. They really weren't all for Baal or all for God. It was back and forth, back and forth between two opinions. Uh, in missions, they call it syncretism, right? In Africa, we see this. They're Muslim, but really they're African. <laughs> and they're doing some secret voodoo stuff in the wilderness, and then they come back and they pray at the uh, mosque, and then they're here and they're doing this, and then they don't even believe in a God. They're, they're a mix of all these things, and that's what the people are. See, but our God, the Lord, The creator of the universe is a jealous God, which means like a husband, he doesn't want to share his wife, right? He's not jealous uh, in a a negative way. He does not want to share. He wants faithfulness. And so he draws this line in the sand. He says, choose which way you will go. If I'm the Lord, worship me. If Baal is the Lord, then worship him. So Elijah calls them out. Crazy. I, I don't know why they would agree to this contest. But there are two different kinds of prayers offered by religious people seeking the same thing, seeking life. 450 prophets of Baal pray in their way. Elijah, the only prophet of God, prays in his way to God. And we'll see who answers. Here's the end of the story. Both prayers are not answered. 
Just because something is popular and normal and you have devotion and you have passion and you have length and all sorts of things, that doesn't mean that prayer is going to be heard and answered. Just because we met today for three hours doesn't mean that God is more inclined to hear our prayers. We could do all of this and it be about us, be about our glory, about our whatever. We could, we could pray for revival in Huntington so that our church would be known as this, this starter, this Evan Roberts of, no, that's not, that's not what we want at all. Just because prayer is, so I want to look at this prayer of uh, the prophets of Baal and talk about some, so there's 450 of them, verse 22 tells us that. There's also 400 prophets of Asherah. I don't know what happens to them in the story. Uh, it doesn't mention them, but 450 of these prophets, and there's one, Elijah. Really, there's 100 more, but they're not there. They're hiding. That's another part of the story. But they are severely outnumbered, right? So the 450, that means that probably it's way more popular to go and worship Baal. It's way more uh, attractive. It's way more common. It's way more normal to go pray this way than it is to pray to God. But just because our prayer is common and popular and fits with the day and fits with the world doesn't mean that it will be heard and answered. They also prepared a bull. Verse 26 tells us they cut it up in pieces. They laid some wood on in a certain way. But just because you're praying doesn't mean that it will be heard. I'm sorry to break that to you. Just because people pray doesn't mean that it is heard. doesn't mean that it is answered by God. These people prayed, but it was not heard and answered. Verse 26 says that they, they prayed from morning until noon, and then they go, they go on and they pray until the evening time. They held an all-day, that's a long time. I know my brother-in-law right now is sitting on the front pew thinking, dude, it's lunchtime. I feel you. I'm hungry. I didn't eat breakfast. We will be out at some point. And these people prayed the whole, t- whole day. They offered everything. Just because our prayer is long doesn't mean that it will be heard. Just because our prayer is uh, long doesn't mean that it will be heard and answered. So Elijah makes fun of them and says they cried louder. Just because there is loudness and passion doesn't mean that your prayer will be heard and answered. And the result of their prayer in the end, not only that, we we skipped part of it in, in 28. They cut themselves. This was part of their belief that we can arouse Baal and he will he will be incited by what we do in our worship and so we'll cut ourselves and we'll do all these acts of devotion and we'll go great lengths to show how how worshipful we are of you Baal and maybe then you'll give us rain you'll give us life you'll give us fire just because there's devotion in our prayer doesn't mean that it'll be heard and seen Right? If we're praying not to God and if we're praying uh, for very selfish, man-centered reasons, then our prayer will not be heard and answered. And the result of their prayer, because they're praying to a God who doesn't exist and they're praying in a way that's about their glory, not God's glory, is in verse 29. And it's really sad. It says, there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. They danced around a fire that wasn't lit all day, cutting themselves and screaming and dancing and all sorts of things, and they were never heard. And we too, as religious people who sit in this room, can offer prayers that are long and wordy and, and 
full of passion, full of zeal. But if they're man-centered, if they're about us and our glory, if they're about what we want and not what God wants, if they're about our blessing and not what God wants to do in this world and in Huntington, they will not be heard and they will not be answered. Prayer is not the issue. It's about how we pray. It's about what we pray for. So I want to look at Elijah's prayer to contrast what, what our prayer should be like. It's in um, verse 36 and 37. This is after he's poured water on the, on the fire and, or on the offering and all sorts of things to limit the effectiveness of fire against the offering. And this is what he prays for. And listen carefully. It says, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel. Not Baal, not Asherah, not whatever else. Let it be known today, once and for all, that you are God in Israel. And that I'm your servant, and I've, I've done these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, so that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God. And that you have turned their hearts back. Where does he pray for fire in this passage? Does he ever? Does he ever say, God, God bring a fire and, and lick everything away so that they really know? He never once prays for fire, right? His concern really isn't how God will do it. His concern is that God would show up and do something so that the people would know that the Lord is God, right? And so we can get so caught up in Man, okay, is, my, is our number 100,000? Is our number 1,000? God, uh, maybe you should work in this way. Maybe you could do this in our town. Maybe you could do this in my life. And we can play God and say, this is how you ought to work. But, but Elijah prays, God, just let it be known that you're God and I'm not. Let it be known that you're God and, not, and Baal is not. His prayer is that God's will would be done. That's a God-centered prayer. He's not concerned about him. He's not concerned about his reputation. He's not concerned about how God would do what he was going to do. His simple prayer was that God would be known. His prayer was about the glory of God, not him. His concern was that the people would continue to limp back and forth from one opinion to another, and they would never really understand the Lord. And really his prayer at the end is about renewal, what we're praying for today, what we're talking about. And, and, and he says it in verse 37. He says, answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. That this people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. He said, you've already turned their hearts back. You haven't even done the, the miraculous act, but you are ready and waiting for them to come back to you, right? His prayer is that, they would, that we would know that the Lord is God, not anything else we chase on this earth, not anything else that we find life or seek to find life in. And the result of his prayer is that he was heard and he was answered, and we can't take that lightly, right? God heard his prayer, he came down, and he swallowed the whole scene up with fire. 
until there was nothing left. And all the people saw it that day. To be honest, in my own heart, I don't even know if we should be praying for revival. I, I don't even know if that, I don't even, because when we say that, we mean, God, would you, would you save 100,000 people? Or would you, would you cause this church to blow up and all these other things? And I think what we should be praying for more than anything is that God would be known where he's not known right now. Whether that's in Huntington, Texas, or that's in Guinea, West Africa, or whether that's in Philadelphia, or whether that's in Lufkin, or whether that's in your family or my family, our prayer, our God-centered prayer like Elijah should be that the Lord would be known and he would, he would do something in his way so that he would be known, so that he would be glorified. If you, if you really go research these revivals of old, what, what people will say is this, is that the revival didn't happen after the prayer movement. The prayer movement was the revival. When the people got together and prayed, when they poured their hearts out asking for God to be known where he wasn't currently known, that was the revival. And I think if we learn anything from this today, from this part about prayer, man, is that, is that we should be praying for that. Right? That God would be known in Huntington, Texas, in places that he hasn't been known before. God would be known in your friends' and family's life where he hasn't been known before, that he would be worshipped, not this flip-flop back and forth from I'm going to do church when it kind of works for me, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing, and I think I can find life there. Not this flip-flop. No, we want, we want pure fidelity and devotion to the Lord God, right? And I think our prayers should be bigger than us, bigger than what we can accomplish as a church. We don't, man, I don't know how many there's in here, 130 of us. There's only so much we can accomplish. And if we pray what we can accomplish, that's not a God-sized prayer. That's just strategy. But if we pray for something bigger than what we can do, that's a God-centered prayer. That's something that, that Elijah prayed. And we need to pray big prayers. right? And we're about to pray in life groups as this. My, my heart is that we would pray bigger prayers than just, God, would you heal Aunt Betty's toe? You know, and, and I love Aunt Betty, and I love her toe, and God does too. Man, but golly, we're here together. <laughs> we got some, some movement. We got some locomotion headed in this direction. We need to pray some bigger prayers. We need to pray some prayers of faith, trusting that God can do more than we can dream up or more than we can strategize. And my prayer is that what starts today would not cease. It, you know, if we... We talk about Evan Roberts. He prayed for 13 years from the time he was 13. So you guys are included too. He started at 13. And he prayed half of his life until he was 26 before he ever saw God do anything. Right? We may not see the result of our prayers today. Some of you may not see the result of your prayers in your family. Don't give up. Pray God-sized prayers. Pray prayers of faith. As we, as we kind of close out this section, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get in our life groups, and I want you to pray together. I want you to pray um, God-sized God prayers, God-centered prayers, whatever you want to call it, for our church, for your life group, for the families involved. I want you to pray big things. Pray, pray, 
pray prayers of faith that, that are beyond what we can strategize, strategize and imagine. I want us to pray big prayers together as a group. There's power when we voice those out loud and when we, we, we express our faith uh, to one another. And so we're going to pray together as a group. And so you might just share, man, here's what we can pray for. I want, I want to see God do this in my friend's life. I want to see God do this in our church. I want to see God do this in our town. I want to see God do this. Let's pray for that. Um, so let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll pray together as, as life groups for a little bit. God, I pray that um, we would not be like the prophets of Baal, be like the people of Israel, flip-flopping back, back and forth from whatever works, God. I pray that you would show yourself to be true today. God, you would show yourself to be the one and only true God. And may we only be devoted to you. May we only be devoted to, to your, your plan and your will on, on this earth, God. May we not try to find life in other things that will never satisfy us. May we seek life from the only one who can really give it. God, may we pray bigger prayers. May we pray prayers of faith. May we pray prayers that, that we can't accomplish. And may you, more than anything, not so that we get glory, not so that this church gets glory, not so that this staff or this, these pastors or whatever get glory. God, may, may you get glory. God, may you be known where you aren't known. God, whether that's in Guinea, West Africa, or whether that's here in Huntington or Angelina County, whatever it is, God, may you be known and worshipped rightfully and truthfully where you are not currently. God, we love you. We pray all this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so if you would, just kind of gather up as your life group, and I want you to pray. Pray for each other. Pray for this town. Pray for our church. Pray, pray some big prayers. Pray prayers of faith and believe that God can accomplish them.